Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Yes, I know all of you are going for three and oh, heck, even one and two. That's okay. We don't judge around these parts today. Running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends based on Hayden's rankings, which you can find in the description down below the blueprint that you need to win in week three. And most importantly, all of you in the live chat, all of you in the comments afterwards, it's not just us giving our input. You all answers each other's lineup starts at questions as well. As you know, we have a Friday show for the game-by-game previews. We also have a Sunday show starting at 10.30 Eastern in the morning where we go and answer all of your voicemails. You can check that in the description and just pull from the chat. So let's get into it. A broad general view here on Thursday, Hayden, and we start off at the running back position. One that I'm not going to say has been frustrating so far, but let's say different than last season, because you have Jonathan Taylor as running back one, then Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, and then around at the top five in Austin Eckler. Three of those top five in JT and CMC haven't lived up to expectations so far this season. Just from a simple view, Hayden, can you answer why? Their teams aren't very good right now. Like just the Panthers aren't very good. We have, uh, I mean, all of them just have not been playing well. Even the Colts have not been playing well. So I think this will fix itself over time. Um, but I also think there's probably some committee factor that's going to be kind of placating the NFL and fantasy football for the next couple of years. There's fewer players playing like 80, 90% of the snaps. So right. that's going to be taking off some of these. So um, I, I think that there are the top of like the top seven right here, top six are, are playing enough snaps to get there and be elite running backs. But uh, it's possible that the days of like, a running back averaging 24 fantasy points could be over. Just to dive into that a little bit more, it doesn't help when the top two backs drafted in your leagues this year are both 0-2 to start the season. And yeah. Jalen Taylor, who had a great week one, and Chris McCaffrey, who has still been getting home one week because of a touchdown, one because of a 49-yard run. Um, they also, the Panthers, can't sustain drives. Like They are getting kicked off the field on third downs. I think they've converted 6 of 29 in the first two weeks, or 6 of 25. And then, yeah, Austin Eckler's just not playing as many snaps. I do want to focus in on your running back seven because that is Dalvin Cook against the Detroit Lions this week. The game script took him out in week two out of after an awesome week one. I love this ranking because I think this could be an absolute smash spot for Dalvin Cook in week, week three. Yeah, we're going to talk about this when we get to Kirk Cousins too. The Vikings leading week three in implied team total. That's amazing. Crazy. That's crazy. After last week, immediately projected for 29 and a half points. They just went over 
the Buffalo Bills. So a bounce back season for all of them, including Delvin Cook. Okay, rounding out this top 10, Nick Chubb, dog. DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, and Javante Williams. So let's jump to the second tier, 11 through 20. James Conner at 11. And then here at running back 12, it's Derrick Henry. Talking about players who just haven't had good game scripts, good situations, any of it. Our friend Bill Bill Barnwell pointed out that through two weeks, Derrick Henry has two first downs to his name. This week, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. You're expecting positivity, optimism. Give it to the people. I mean, because running back top 12, I know that the position's a bit chaos at the moment, but that's, hey, plug and play. Let's roll. Yeah, I mean, you have to. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I'm hoping the game stays closer, but Taylor Lewan has an injury at left tackle. The offensive line to me hasn't been very good. And Derek Henry through two weeks is the RB23 and fantasy usage because of those game scripts. He's only running a route on 33% of dropbacks. So, I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm nervous about Derrick Henry long-term. There will be matchups where he hangs three touchdowns on 150 yards, but I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where it just the Titans are just stuck in the mud. You know, we'd like to look at the Pick'em projections by the risk team over at Underdog. These are always super solid each week. They have Derrick Henry for 87 and a half rushing yards as his higher or lower this weekend. And if you look, it's just 25 yards last week, 82 yards the opening weekend. The Raiders, it's interesting to look at their defensive tackles when watching this week, Hayden, because Andrew Billings is by far and away the player who's played the most snaps. We haven't heard from him, it feels like, in years and years and years. They've got some great edge rushers. But now without Terrell Lewan as well, I am highly nervous, not just for this week, but moving forward with Derrick Henry of what the potential ceiling could be. Look how bad they are right now. I mean, they're all rushing, rushing EPA, they're second worst. That's crazy. Yeah. And I know that We'll get to wide receivers and maybe mention Traylon Burks as we go along, but just the environment for where the Titans are this year in comparison to last year, and they're the number one seed in the AFC. Like they've never been an offensive powerhouse or an offensive juggernaut unless AJ Brown or Derrick Henry has had that type of game. But just again, the total environment of it is two to three notches below that than it was in those previous iterations. Okay. After that's Alvin Kamara, who's hopefully returning this week. Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris. Let's talk about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon because for here, they're back-to-back for you, I believe, is like the running back 15, running back 16 territory. Uh, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Defense is that in the last two seasons, we haven't wanted to play any backs against them. However, Dillon, Jones are the foundation for the Packers' offense now. We have to treat them differently here, and it would be unwise for me to sit either of them even against a difficult matchup. They are basically splitting touches like 50-50. Aaron Jones scored two longer touchdowns. I think A.J. Dillon's going to remain the goal line back. But like you said, the Bucs and Packers right now, their team totals are like 20 and 21. Like the Chicago Bears are projected to score more points than these offenses. So you kind of have to temper your expectations to some extent. Obviously, this offense is flowing through those running backs, but tough matchup. Vegas agrees their team total is definitely lower than usual. And actually, Vita Vea has had a slow start to the season in comparison to, to previous years, just watching those games on, on replay. And it's been great to see both getting home. And when the other one does get home, it's not like the other one is totally phased out, right? Like we know 
AJ Dillon has that inside the 10, inside the five workload. And then last week, what I love to see from Aaron Jones, as we talked about in the stats versus film show, is that he wasn't the constant window dressing, the constant motion man, the constant jet sweep guy. Christian Watson took some of that and allowed Aaron Jones to thrive in the true backfield role as well. Okay. 21 through 30, Clyde Erdzie-Layer, Cordero Patterson, Miles Sanders, Harris sits James Robinson, and then Kareem Hunt. Any other names here in 21 through 30 that you want to discuss? This is officially where we're like talking about 50% snap players. Like, for example, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he had most of the game, but Jarek McKinnon certainly mixing in, uh, even got inside the five touch last week. Um, and then same thing with Cordero Patterson. Damian Williams goes out in week one, so he plays more snaps. But this last week, Tyler Algier is activated, and then they rotate a little bit. So that's going to keep their ceilings somewhat intact. Obviously, CPAP, it looks like he's running well. Same thing with CH. CH, obviously, on the much better team. Uh, but we're talking about like 50% backs now. Yeah. I did want to mention, there at running back 19, we do have Jeff Wilson. And this is very different than last week where Jeff Wilson was ranked a tier two lower than this because we knew that this team wanted to give touches to Ty Davis Price or at the time, even Jordan Mason. But most importantly, we knew that Debo Samuel was going to get some red zone looks and especially just backfield snaps in general because he's their best edge rusher. Now without TDP, I think the the vault of trust that we have to have, not just from a fancy standpoint, but that Kyle Shanahan has to show for Jeff Wilson will produce more fantasy points than it could in any other environment. I know that they've called up Marlon Mack. They have Tevin Coleman on the practice squad as well. But again, we're entering the situation where I don't know how many touchdowns Jeff Wilson is going to score, but we 100% know he's going to lead this backfield in touches moving forward. He had 15.7 expected happy BR points last week. Um, that's RB 13 on the season. So he's, I think, an RB2 right now because they have no other options. I know for me and some other leagues that I'm helping my buddies with a name like Jamal Williams doesn't jump off the page. You have him as your running back 29. Is it as simple as six points are, are pretty good for fantasy football and Jamal Williams scores touchdowns for the Detroit Lions. They're in an eruption spot. It's that easy. <laughs> He's getting all the goal line touches. Like even last yep. week, uh, obviously there's like some context. Uh, DeAndre Swift was playing through an ankle injury, but it's been both weeks where he's subbing in for DeAndre Swift out the goal line. Yeah. Okay. So Damian Pierce was there at running back 28, Jamal Williams at running back 29 and Brees Hall after Michael Carter as running back 30. Okay. Let's jump to 31 through 40. Ezekiel Elliott, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers back to back at running back 32 and 33. And then you have Tony Pollard here as running back 34. It's almost a meme of the show that we never know when we can play Tony Pollard as a flex spot. Uh, it kind of makes sense, even though Cooper Wush kind of balled out for what Cooper Rush is last week. But they got, you know, Tony Pollard involved, maybe not more creatively that we want them to, but he hit a big play and that's always the possibility. And if we can just minimize it for a moment for what the Cowboys, they have to rely on their running game more often moving forward and can't just put it in Dak Prescott's hands. Yeah, and po Pollard's just playing a little bit more. You can see how he's mixing in like almost on every other drive here, including the two-minute drill. So uh, he's like a probably a bad flex, but he's at least a flex couple more names in this tier. Ramondre Stevenson's a full tier after Damian Harris, which makes sense after what we saw last week from a touch volume. I know he played more snaps, but that didn't equal a huge passing down role that we've seen from James White in the past because, let's face it, the Patriots offense is broken at the moment. And then Travis Etienne here is a whole 
tier below someone like James Robinson. And then the most frustrating one to me is uh, Naeem Hines, who ended up playing 15 snaps when the Colts were getting absolutely blown out last week. Uh, two names I want to get to, running back 40 and running back 41. You have Chase Edmonds at 40 and then Raheem Mostert at 41. I know this Dolphins backfield situation has taken a backseat to the Dolphins passing game. We're going to talk about wide receivers in, in just a moment. But certainly look to my eyes that Raheem Mostert has taken over as the lead back for whatever that's worth in the Dolphins. He played all of the first quarter, basically, and Chase Edmonds mixed in thereafter. So um, I think it's about 50-50. Okay. You can check out the rest of the top 41 in Hayden's column. Let's now jump over to the wide receiver position. Wide receiver one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Just monsters. Cup, Jefferson, Chase, Adams, Steph Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown. To me, they're in a stratosphere of all their own. So let's talk about Cortland Sutton, who's ranked here as your wide receiver eight. Um, Denver has 296 more total yards than their opponent through two weeks. The second largest of any team difference in the league. But this week, the Denver Broncos get the San Francisco 49ers. A great defensive line, some really good defensive backs as well. You are highly confident in what Cortland Sutton can put on the page here in week three. He was the wide receiver six in fantasy usage last week, 41% targets. This is assuming uh, Jerry Judy's out, so very bullish. Okay, there goes A.J. Brown as wide receiver nine, Jalen Waddle as wide receiver 10. We move down to the next tier. Michael Pittman as wide receiver 11 is back for us. They missed him last week. Point blank, period. We don't know for sure if he's playing here in week three. It certainly sounds like it's on the optimistic track there. And hey, and I'm with you. We saw how broken the offense was last weekend against the Jaguars, but he makes such a difference for that team and he should instantly get back into your lineup. Yeah, he was the wide receiver forward fantasy usage in week one when he was out there. So he's just a baller. And that total against the Kansas City Chiefs is at 50 and a half. Debo Samuel sits as... The wide receiver 12, obviously we should see some backfield red zone snaps from him. Mike Williams, fantastic. Wide receiver 13. T. Higgins as wide receiver 14. Hayden, I could see this being a great get-right spot, obviously for Jamar Chase, but most importantly for T. Higgins, who got there in the end last week, but we know he left with a concussion in week one. This is a Jets defense that has a rookie corner, while talented, a rookie corner, a total of 45 here, but... The Bengals are favored by five points and they should get off the 0-2 Schneid. Yeah, both of the wide receivers are top 14 in usage. And I'm with you. I think that they're going to self-correct their issues this week. The Jets defense, I thought, was pretty bad last week. Christian Kirk and then Marquise Brown. I was shocked to see Marquise Brown so high. This is maybe the issue of this show and why you maybe don't love it is I just get to look at your rankings and then pick out one or two players that I, I don't have issue with. Just pique my interest. And Marquise Brown in the middle of this 11 through 20 tier certainly did that for me because I don't know if we have seen a scheme them up situation with Cliff Kingsbury and Marquise Brown. And we haven't seen one of those great vertical shots that we were hoping to once the Cardinals traded for Hollywood. Yeah. He's just a positive regression candidate. Like last week he had 16.3 expected half PPR points. So I think that they have no choice, but to get him going. Okay. Wide receiver 
The rest of this tier, by the way, it's Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Gabriel Davis, and Rashad Bateman. Love seeing Rashad Bateman. I know it was, what, only seven targets, but dominate as that backside X wide receiver. Lamar Jackson on a couple of those proved that the zero blitz, the zero coverage that they were able to hit and connect and had those hot reads as well. And I'm really excited for the rest of Rashad Bateman's season. Drake London at wide receiver 21 makes sense. And then at wide receiver 22, this is the first name, even for the rest of this tier and maybe even the tier after that Hayden, where Curtis Samuel was not drafted in some leagues in best ball. He was drafted super late. This is the first name that catapults up rankings considerably. I love this ranking. Some people might be nervous because we're still attached to where these, we drafted these players in September and in August. Quam those fears. Tell the people why they should trust Curtis Samuel at wide receiver 22. He's the wide receiver 19 in usage, and he's been the top 10 fantasy wide receiver. So they're scheming him up underneath. Um, I think I need to run, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, you're good. I'll take care of the rest. How about that? Okay. Hayden's got to run. What happened to Hayden is he got his flu shot and his booster shot today uh, or yesterday. Does not feel well. So why don't I run through the rest? Okay. So at wide receiver 23, you have Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin as wide receiver 24, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver 25. And the rest of this includes someone like Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, D.J. Moore, and Adam Thielen. Uh, what we talked about with Allen Robinson was in that first matchup against the Buffalo Bills, I know that after that, so many people didn't want to trust him that they felt that, oh, the days of when he – failed to reach expectations with the Chicago bears. It's just going to translate here with the LA Rams, despite what we, you know, heard all off season with them, but there, what we saw in week two was great inside the 10 yard line usage, which was so immense for Odell Beckham uh, during his time. I mean, 12 targets, eight touchdowns inside the 10 yard line. And that again, ISO wide receiver who can win small and win big Really, Allen Robinson scored touchdown, two touchdowns last week, and here he faces the Arizona Cardinals in week three. Love that ranking uh, above wide receiver 30. What I'm surprised about these rankings is that Juju Smith-Schuster is the highest-ranked Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. Not that, that it's his name, but he only sits as wide receiver 28. Uh, we'll talk about this, hopefully, if Hayden heals, uh, in the game-by-game -game preview show. But Chiefs face Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts defense now after Matt Eberflus left to the Chicago Bears are coached by Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley loves his cover one, his, his cover three, his, his single high safety looks. Let's put it that way. If you go back and look at what the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes did last season to the Gus Bradley-led Las Vegas Raiders defense, he eviscerated them. He crushed them, right? It's not just deep shots. It's over the middle. It's it's everything. And so while we have seen, especially this past weekend, when Juju left people down and where Hayden has Marquez Valdez-Scantling all the way low, low, low in the 51 through 60 range, um, they faced LA Chargers last week. And I know no one got home in that receiving group other than Justin Watson. But you can't get more different than a Brandon Staley-led Chargers defense and what the Chiefs are facing this week in a Colts defense that, again, this dude still plays single high, no matter what. Week in and week out, the cover two looks pre-snap are basically non-existent. So 
someone, and if not two players, at least in my eyes, are going to get home. I would expect Juju to do that. But if we're looking at big plays down the field, that's absolutely MVS's game. And I know we haven't seen it so far. Maybe I'm just too attached to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But this wide receiver 51 ranking, I bet that's too low later on. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast feed, I'm not going to run through all of these names. I'm just going to poke in uh, a, a few here and and bring them up and call attention to them. I know Hayden has Josh Palmer here as like the wide receiver 36. Um, if Keenan Allen does play, obviously that's going to drop out and Keenan Allen would be ranked much, much higher. Did want to bring up the Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson rankings as wide receiver 34 and 35. If you tune into our stats for this film show, and in fact, we clipped Garrett Wilson for a video that you can see down below on the channel. Um, he is first in wide receiver fantasy usage this year, and it's because he has more snaps, more targets inside of the 10-yard line than any other wide receiver or tight end has inside of the red zone, period. Think about that. He has more targets in the condensed field inside the 10 than any other pass catcher across the league has inside of the 20. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. And he was obviously the apple of Joe Flacco's eye this past weekend. But whenever you go back and check out the all 22 of all the, all those Garrett Wilson targets and snaps, you can also see Elijah Moore pretty wide open. You know, this is why I hate kind of the earning targets moniker or dynamic because multiple players can be open on a single play. Elijah Moore is doing nothing wrong in his environment. Elijah Moore was extremely productive last year with Joe Flacco and, and with Zach Wilson. And so I would expect some level of a more equal playing field for Zach Wilson, excuse me, for, for Garrett Wilson and for Elijah Moore as we move forward. And just quickly, Brandon Ayuk there is wide receiver 33. What I liked with Jimmy once he stepped in last weekend was that he had three completions outside the numbers and 10 plus yards down the field. I think he had five attempts in that area. He had 25 completions there all of last season. And again, with the usage that Debo Samuel got in the backfield last year during the final 10 games, Brandon Ayuk was able to match, you know, Mike Evans and, and Tyree Kill as the, uh, you know, really good, solid, consistent wide receiver down the back half. And I would expect us to still see that with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And speaking of Julio Jones and Mike Evans, uh, namely with Mike Evans missing in this game, if Julio Jones does play, Hayden has him ranked around that wide receiver 44-45 territory. This Bucks team, man, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with Tom Brady as we outlined in the stats versus film show. Like he is still being hyper aggressive down the field, throwing the football. He is still getting the ball out very quickly. Yet. I think it's the peripheral pieces of the, you know, wide receiver injuries and suspensions now that they have. And then the offensive line injuries that they have, namely uh, with, with Donovan Smith, but it's a, Matchup with the Green Bay Packers with that total is at 41 and a half, 41 and a half. Pretty insane. Final name here at wide receiver. I wanted to bring up one spot ahead of Julio wide receiver. 43 is, is Alan Lazard. I know that we didn't get a ton of volume or eyeballs on what Alan Lazard was able to put out there last week. But what I did love was that he was the one with that main target inside of the 10 yard line. This team is craving for a pass catcher inside the 10 and inside the 20, because Devonte Adams was top three in those statistics last season. Look, Alan Lazard coming back from an, a long time injury. Um, 
I think he will be that guy as we move along here throughout um, throughout the season. Okay. I think let's end it at running backs and wide receivers. I can throw up quarterbacks here. Not as fascinating to me. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson are Hayden's top five quarterbacks. Meanwhile, after that, it's Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr round out the the top 10. Um, a little shocked again by Kirk Cousins' ranking there at the wide receiver eight. What I did want to bring up is the formula of why that probably happened for these rankings. And it's because so often when you play DFS or you play and look for streaming quarterbacks, the formula that you go by is a home favorite expected to score 24 points, okay? The Minnesota Vikings this week against the Detroit Lions has, I think, the highest total on the board at 52 and a half. The Vikings are also six-point favorites here. So I know what we saw on Monday Night Football was awful, awful Kirk Cousins. But again, this formula is, is pretty tried and true for your streamer types. And I'm really into, obviously, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. But I do wonder if that means one of these other pieces in Adam Thielen or Irv Smith or KJ Osborne can get home because that's a massive team total with a massive total of points here, again, for the Vikings against the Lions. Uh, 11 through 15, look where we already are. You have a back-to-back ranking of Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, and then to Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota. Those final two being connected to the front three, it speaks to... It speaks to the, the the difficulties offensively that the front three have right now. Look, the Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton dynamic is awesome. Uh, but Jerry Judy might not play in this contest. And they should be relying more and more on the running game, despite uh, you know, those two fumbles, those and one fourth down failed conversion in the red zone. I mean, they're the only team that has, I think, six red zone attempts this season, six drives that enter the red zone and zero touchdowns to pay for it. Uh Aaron Rodgers in a run-first offense. And as of now, Tom Brady is in a run-first offense. But I would expect, I wouldn't give up on Tom Brady yet. Uh, Again, let me outline it. I don't think his talent has diminished in the least. What I think has changed, because what can change immediately just on any given week is that they throw it 35, 40 times once they feel better about the offensive line, once the wide receivers do get back on the field. And so I understand the quarterback 12 ranking here for Brady. I wouldn't get rid of him if you're in a one quarterback league as of this time. I know Trey Lance is on here. It's because this tier that we used does not have Jimmy Garoppolo in it. But where Trey Lance is sitting right now, think of this as Jimmy Garoppolo, which would put him as the quarterback 18 after Jared Goff, who was in that potential explosion spot with the Lions and the Vikings. And what we saw from Tua Tungavailoa last week now gets the Buffalo Bills. Um, We outlined it in... Not only a clip, but the whole stats versus film show. Again, hopefully all of you tune into that program. But what Tua did last week in the first two quarters was much of the same, right? I know if you focus in on like the 21 games that he's played in the fourth quarter, those statistics are unbelievable in comparison to his peers. Mike McDaniel has been unbelievable. And the focus for me is how he has funneled 60% of his targets between two players. 60% of the team's targets this year have gone to Tyreek Hill, and have gone to Jalen Waddle. Think of that when you watch your team not be able to get the football to those best playmakers on the roster. How we say, oh, maybe he's going to get more volume this week. Maybe he's going to get more volume last week. And then go and watch what Mike McDaniel does to scheme up Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. 
either closer line of scrimmage in their intermediate areas, most definitely. And they took advantage of the blown coverages in the back half. That is the first game I'm going to turn on on Game Pass on Monday and just see the different wrinkles that they added to it. Because just take, for example, we outlined it on, on the clip where it's basically a little out and up from the slot from, from Jalen Waddle. It was. And one-on-one against Patrick Queen, a linebacker versus one of the rare movers in the league at Jalen Waddle. So if Mike McDaniel does this in his now second game as a play caller and your offensive coordinator and your play caller can't do that, whoa, buddy, put on notice. Okay, so there's Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback 18, Carson Wentz as quarterback 19, and Jameis Winston as quarterback 20. Uh, I'll read through these the rest because I know some of you are in two quarterback leagues. So then it's Daniel Jones, it's Trevor Lawrence against the let me find against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Chargers in that game were favored by seven points, a total of 47 and a half. I have loved what Trevor Lawrence has put forward. I loved Trevor Lawrence coming out of school. I think the biggest difference, what we saw from Trevor Lawrence last week from even week one or his rookie season, was that he was so in the flow of the offense from the first snap and forward. I think. Everything that was one to 10 yards, he was 18 of 19 this past weekend. So like, even though Kirk Christian Kirk was brought in to be like this vertical slot player and downfield threat, they aren't having to rely on those super aggressive, lower efficiency plays, which obviously Trevor has. And Trevor is a super aggressive passer, especially when they're down the scoreboard. And that can, you know, lose us fancy points and result in sacks and also put them further down the scoreboard because of turnovers. But I think what we are seeing is that he's really gelling with not just the offensive line, but the creativity of Doug Peterson too, where you're getting these completions, you're getting this yardage, you're you're getting these third down conversions in the one to 10 yard range too. And if that's the case, someone like Brandon Staley and this defense with the chargers, they're going to, they're going to prevent these big plays, but I'm more comfortable with Trevor getting home this week than I have been previously because of what he put out there in uh in week two all right that's the quarterback running back and wide receiver show i do want to bring up here the pick'em lobby and let's just go into like trevor lawrence for example so 264 yards one and a half passing touchdowns 35 and a half passing attempts oh they're putting a bunch on his plate here the wrist team over at underdog if you've never played pick'em go and do it the hires or lowers it's so much fun and i always want to draw your attention over to the Rivals tab. I mean, we've got stuff up for Thursday Night Football. Bring in a sweat for Thursday Night Football. You're going to need it with the Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the uh, the Pick'em Lobby is so much fun. And a full Rivals, you know, let's say pick five to get a 20X. It's so much fun. I hit one of those last week. We'll talk about it, not just in the preview show, but also the Sunday morning show. Oh, buddy, I just had to talk for 30 minutes by myself. Jesse. Emilio, Brent, Majin, Nathan, Matthew, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with me. If you've never played Pick'em, now is the time to do it. Go and click the link down below. Again, we'll match your first deposit up to $100. Just use promo code the show. Thanks for sticking with me, everyone. Memorable show. Go and check out the rest of the content that we also have on the channel, up the villa. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow. See ya.